What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 239 of Uncovering I Explain Mysteries for Thursday, December 9th, 2021. Almost the end of the year. I am rejoined yeah. by my uh, co-host, Mike. Welcome back. It's good to be back. Um... Yeah, this year's gone by pretty quick for me. I don't know about you folks. Uh, I guess part of it is probably because I've been working two jobs for half the year, so that's probably a good reason why it's gone by like light speed ever since I started working uh, both jobs. Um, this just kind of how time goes when that happens, when you're just always doing something, always spending a, a good amount of time at at, uh, at work, uh, days just tend to speed by. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's been a fun year at times. It's been a not-so-fun year at other times, probably for everyone. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to Christmas and the holidays and spending time with family and, and friends and so on. And uh, looking forward to the new year too. Yeah, I got. I got to be honest. I don't. I don't really give a shit about spending time with family. Hey, it's cool. Is I mean, is there something wrong with me? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it, it, that's. I don't know. Maybe. I just. It's. I don't know, man. Like. I would rather like go out. To like a bar with uh, like a lot of my good close friends. Yeah. I'd yeah. Ra- I'd ra- I mean. I'd rather do that than go to like my aunt's house and see all my aunts and uncles and yeah, ex- you know, ki- their kids, my cousins' kids, and all that. I guess I just have a lot of things in in a particular perspective right now with my family at the moment. So I, I guess that's just kind of my mindset right now in terms of uh, having some quality time with with family. Well, yeah, for the it makes sense for your thing that you got going on. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't know. This year for me, um it's I don't know. It's kind of it, it's kind of like t- 2020 and 2021 like just kind of blended together a little bit for me in the sense that like my life changed and it feels like it still hasn't gotten back to like the life I knew before the fucking pandemic like my I'm gig- kind of the opposite. It's like I I think it's changed in a way that's I, I I guess not necessarily normal but I, I would say once I got my second job like things have been actually getting better on on my end so it hasn't been too crazy uh, although next week is going to be brutal but that's my fault I took two extra shifts so you know that's all on me <laughs> yeah I don't know I, I guess for me it's like this year was very like status quo um, uh-huh like our band, you know, grew a little bit. My YouTube channel grew a little bit. Um, I did pretty much the same amount of weddings and yeah, you know, my my gigs were completely different, which sucked, and that that took some adjusting. And it, it, it's still in flux. It is my gigs are yeah. still in flux. Like uh, my boss owned this nightclub Eclipse that I uh, not only do I frequent there as a patron, but I also worked there Tuesdays and Wednesdays, uh, or no, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I should say. And um, that was kind of the whole deal when he bought the club was he was keeping it a big secret from his DJs. 
and he was like, he's like, oh, with the thing that I'm doing, like everyone's going to have work and, you know, everyone's going to have more gigs and it's going to be great. And I'm going to be stepping away and giving my gigs to everyone. So it's, it's, you know, and then he finally revealed that he was buying the club and um, yeah, for a little while, the DJs had gigs there and until he started losing money, which is, I'm pretty sure that's what's happening right now with the club. I'm pretty sure the club is losing money. And the dude, um, like, as of last week, like, pretty much to- told me that my Tuesday and Thursday gigs were, were canceled. Oh, yeah. So sorry about that, man. Yeah, he he replaced. He gave me a Thursday at some other place. Uh, I've ne- I've been like a couple times, which fine. You know, being a karaoke DJ or any kind of a DJ, you're always having to, um, uh-huh. you know, s- skip around here, there, and everywhere. And it's just that's just that comes with the territory. But um, yeah, it's nice when you get that like little. You know, you, you get settled into like a routine and you, familiarity. Yeah. And you're like, oh, these gigs aren't going anywhere. And, and, you know, I can rely on this being around for years to come. And, uh, and then bam, and then, it's not, it's and, not reliable. Anymore. Right. And then bam, yeah. like we're switching everything around. And this, this guy has just made so many changes so rapidly. Um, because at first he's like, all right, well, karaoke works. So we're just going to lean into that and just do that a lot at the club. So it was like karaoke was like the only days that there wasn't karaoke was like maybe Saturday or Friday. But every other day he was doing karaoke. And then he, he got tired of that and he felt like, oh, bands, I want this to be a music venue. I want to bring in live bands. And he did that for a few months and that com- that turned out to be a complete failure. And then um, he's like, DJs, we need club DJs because there's this like popular club downtown called Myth, and uh, he's. I'm like, surprised at some point he wasn't like uh, if he was around in the late '90s. Is like we need this to be a vampire club. Vampires are really hip. Vampires are really popular. We need to do that. So Mike found this fucking corny ass well, expose, I guess you could call it, on, yep. on, on vampires in the 1990s. Now, what year was this? I'm, I'm going to say, like, 96 or 97, I feel well, like. Well, it was when the Clueless TV show was still on the air. So, yeah, I, th- I think you're right on, on the money with that. And they were, like, promoting John Carpenter's Vampires. So, And that came out in the late 90s. So I think it's definitely a late 90s. Yeah. Um, expose, and it was on UPN, which yeah, it was called Real Vampires. Yeah, exposed. U- UPN <laughs> is a is a long dead uh, cable channel, and um, me and my brother used to watch it a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. And man, it was like watching this this show on you know cable t- like that came on cable TV back in the day. From the 90s, it was just like fucking an, an injection of nostalgia straight into my veins. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I remember this shit like it was yesterday. All these commercials um, for like Surge and PlayStation. PlayStation 1, mind you, not PlayStation 2 or 3 or 4 or 5. The first one. And, you know, even even to the way like the ho- host would announce like, it, you know, over the like do his... Uh, dialogue over the show emmett miller yeah the, yeah, voiceover. the host emmett miller 
and like how they shot it and how they um the writing of those those shows those yes. kind of shows like fox had a lot of those those one-off shows uh-huh. like uh secrets of the Ma- magicians revealed part one you know where this guy in a mask would show you how magicians perform like uh, really like popular tricks like cutting the lady and then in you'd half. probably be speaking uh in in uh really low bass yeah his voice is mod- the modulated voice. yeah yeah and it's just like you know all those kind of like prime time you know expose kind of shows like world's dumbest criminals like world's deadliest police chases uh-huh. secrets of the magicians revealed the world secret world of vampire like I uh, part of me like really misses those shows because they were very heavily produced and uh-huh. they they weren't try- they they wanted to go for maximum entertainment and shock value because they wanted to like entertain your ass the and keep you watching so it, like I feel like those shows have just like gone away because like just the corniness level of the show I think the modern consumer is a little bit more savvier to those kind of shows yeah. now like the, like back in the day that shit like that's the shit our parents watched when we were teenagers uh-huh. so it was kind of geared towards like that generation gen x or maybe even uh the the baby boomers to a certain degree because i mean uh-huh. they were they were only in their 30s or 40s at that time so um Nowadays, I don't think those <laughs> these kind of shows would fly. And also, no. like the and yes, you know the to uh, sum up the show, it's basically like, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, like the the vampire uh, like movement in the '90s, where um, there were vampire clubs. There was even an unsolved mysteries um, a case where some investigative uh, journalist lady ended up getting or she went missing but you know she's pretty much probably dead and she was going to these vampire clubs so this was something that was a weird well i shouldn't say it's weird i think it it went in tandem with the goth community which i found it funny on this little expose that they never once mentioned the goth community or gothic culture or gothic music like they just they wanted to just put a a laser focus on this one offshoot of the goth community, and that's like the vampires, I guess, because with the blood uh, sucking and all that, it was more sensational. But um, well, yeah, but at the same time, you don't want to lump in goth into the same, you know, even though it might be a subset of goth, they didn't want to throw all these different kind of labels on the golf community. So I think they just wanted, and also it makes it a lot more effective as a, as a special because it makes it so you don't, you, you only have to cover a few beats instead of like a crazy amount of beats in order to cover that sub subsection of things effectively. Well, the, the funny, the overall like theme of uh, this, this little expose because like first they cover this like you know they're they're trying to show vampire family (laughs) yeah they're trying to show how how vampires are like embedded in every part of american culture Uh from the traditional suburban family to the new york stockbroker to the more fringe extremists and all that and so they like start off by like interview or like following around this um vampire family and it's basically like 
this husband and wife couple and they got the fangs and the 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 they have a, they have a kid as well yeah a little little girl a little baby bat as they would be called in the goth community <laughs> if you just, if you're new to the goth scene you're called you're, you're called a bat i see i i used to kind of date this chick who was very goth and um mm-hmm. i i learned all uh, all about the culture and the music and everything and um <laughs> i i almost wish that like um well we're friends now um but we don't really hang out but i almost want to like invite her over and show her this fucking documentary because i I think she would find it very amusing yeah for sure but uh yeah like you know so they're they're the family's basically trying to say you know we're just like a normal family and blah 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 blah. but then every now and then like the husband can't help himself and he's got to cringe it up a little bit yeah and and he's got to say something like Honey, give me a sharper knife, you know, as they're setting the table. <laughs> um, and at the end of the interview, the the wife is like, um, you know. Well, well, I love the way uh, the special is edited because it seems like it's almost self-aware at times that this is a bunch of bullshit and they're just taking the piss. You know, they're just they're just having fun with it. Because you have the uh, you have a moment where the wife is saying we're just like any normal family, and then you cut to her talking to her fish, and and in a way that is, in my opinion, pretty abnormal. So you're like, well, yeah, uh, you're just like any normal family, except uh, you talk to your fish and you dress like a vampire. And well, you know, it's one of those things fangs. like you you take you know you get like two hours of footage of a family and they have their little dialogue their voiceover Mm -hmm. that they do and you can literally put in put any footage anywhere you want to make someone look crazy you know yeah so she for sure so for like the whole two hours they were with them they were probably doing like fairly mundane banal shit and then they might say or do a weird thing here and there and that's the thing that's going to make the cut it's not going to be all the boring because yeah. they have a narrative and the narrative exactly the narrative of this little expose is that these people are freaks they're they're you know they're outsiders they could be dangerous if... they could be murderers yeah. we're not saying they are but you know they you know we're gonna leave that up to you but we're gonna kind of push you in that direction thinking in a lot wise. of ways it's similar to tabloids from from this era yeah and you know middle america they watch this shit because it fascinates them, but they watch it like these people are like animals in a zoo. And I know for like, I say this kind of stuff because like, this is the kind of shit my dad used to watch back in the nineties. And he would form an entire opinion of a group (laughs) based on some dumb TV show. He watched on like Fox or UPN. Yeah, I mean, and and I can't help but to think my dad was what was certainly not the only person who did that same exact thing, and that's I feel like that's where you get a lot of the. You old, see, these vampires yeah. are what's wrong with America. Exactly, that's right that's, now. <laughs> that's where you get like these old fucks now who are just super judgmental about a lot of things because they they watch some sensationalized thing on TV and they think, oh, well, they're you know. I mean, I, I guess you could make that argument for like a lot of things, like hip hop and rap music videos and shit. Like, and I don't think it's just old people. Like it also be, can be younger people too. Yeah, who are very naive. I mean, I was and easily manipulated and yeah. I mean, coerced. I was I was that way towards like a lot of things. Um, 
I was afraid to listen to Marilyn Manson growing up because I thought something like the like Satan was gonna mm-hmm. visit me or something um, if I listened to him because like that I was indoctrinated that like all that stuff was like really bad yeah. and um, so yeah. the special so you have the stuff with the vampire family and they even have like the corny music too try to make them sound like they're kooky yeah or just that quirky that quirky mu- uh music. like like they're the adams family or some shit uh and of course since this is a live special from the 90s it actually does have all the commercials which in some ways was honestly the best part of the special it was just watching these old vintage late 90s commercials like 1-800-CALL-COLLECT. Like, that's not a thing anymore. There's a lot of people who would be like, what? Oh, dude, those, those commercials... 1-800-WHAT? <laughs> those commercials were everywhere. Like, yeah. dial 10-10-220. Dial 10-10-321 to save. Blah, 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 blah. Carrot, Carrot Top was in most of them. Yeah. This is the one that we saw, though. You had Ed O'Neill, uh, uh, Al Bundy himself, yeah. from Married with Children. I didn't even know he did it. Uh, uh, one eight hundred call collect. I figured I he was he better than that. He was still doing um, married with children at the time. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that show went until like what two thousand two, two thousand three. Yes, I, I don't think it went that long, but it did go. I think into the late nineties, early two thousand. Uh, yeah, it went. It went for a long ass time. Yeah, it definitely did. But yeah, um, um, the, the the commercials to me were like just as good, if not better, than the actual like yeah thing I was yeah. watching. Yeah, uh, you had this w- one ad for Preparation H uh, that you don't see a lot of ads for Preparation H anymore, um, probably because uh, <laughs> there's there there might have been like a backlash for some people would just think, well, that's just uh, too uh, not not I I wouldn't say risque is the right word. It's just one of those. It's too crude. It was too crude for a lot of people, probably. Uh, but those ads are pretty funny watching in retrospect. That's I've one just... of those like relics that like if you're our <laughs> age, like if someone if someone says the line out in public, oh, should have used Preparation H, like Gen, <laughs> yeah. Gen Z are going to look at you like, what in the fuck are you even talking about? Exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, the guy's uh, just uh, in the courtroom and he's squirming <laughs> in his seat because he's got an itchy asshole. <laughs> and he wants to scratch his asshole, but he can't. <laughs> he's like oh should he use preparation h and yeah as i'm watching it i'm like yeah that is really crude and i don't want to see some some old or (laughs) middle-aged fucking fat guy squirming around wanting to itch his asshole (sighs) what what is that even for like like hemorrhoids or something yeah it's for hemorrhoids yeah jesus christ yeah that like (laughs) and there was a lot of them like there was there was one i remember where he was in the movie theater there you know the like pretty much any situation where it'd be hard for you to just get up and leave like the the, the guy had the itchy <laughs> asshole um they also had uh so they did this like sh- clueless commercial yeah clueless was a tv that show was apparently. different because that doesn't happen very often where you are watching a special and then during the ad break there is an advertisement for another show on the same network where they are talking about the special that you are watching. Yeah, so basically, on set one day, after they were done filming, the director was like, 
Okay, get back on the beach. We got to cut a promo for this fucking vampire show. <laughs> you got some lines you got to memorize, too. You got to go, oh, you know, I'm glad to be taking a break, you know, for for this vampire documentary. Oh, there's two vampires now. And because then it like the camera shows some chick like running down the beach and she's like, oh, look at her. She's such a Baywatch wannabe or something like that. Yeah. And then, like. I don't know. She's like, oh, there's two vampires chasing her. And it was like these two black dudes. <laughs> well, the whole point is like, oh, it's not. They, they were referencing two characters from the show and the two hungry uh, uh, dudes who who just want to get in the girl's pants. I just thought so that's what they're that's I just what they thought like like tonally as a director nowadays. I'm like, OK, so far, all we've seen is white people. And now. The two people chasing after the white woman are two black guys. <laughs> I'm like, maybe tonally this isn't striking the right balance of what we're like trying to say, you know? Like, um, well, I think it's because there were two characters in the show. So yeah, I know, I, I, I know, think, but you know. like, it's just like I don't know. <laughs> you know, everyone's so sensitive nowadays about everything. So you know, like someone would have tweeted about that or something. Like, oh, depicting the black man as a. Uh, sex, sex hungry, chasing the white woman, you know, blah blah blah. Yeah, like some yeah. some blue check mark Twitter person would have <laughs> totally tweeted that or some shit. And but. yeah, that that was that was. I, I thought it was kind of fun actually because of the fact that it was just so random and out of the blue. But like, they yeah, would actually like, take the time to do a promo for the show that you're currently watching. Yeah, like and that, that it, was such a surreal experience uh the first time around watching it and clearly like that clueless show had to skip that week to make room for the goddamn vampire documentary <laughs> so like they're like not getting paid for a week for the stupid vampire like that's the kind of shit that just i feel like that happens on a micro level like at uh like my gig sometimes like it's like oh we're doing a weenie roast on your day and uh we won't be able uh -huh. to have karaoke and it's like, uh -huh. oh, wow, okay, wow. Even though I'm on the lowest possible rung of the entertainment industry, stupid shit still happens. Look at that. <laughs> oh, you know what time it is. I'm tired of talking about it, and quite frankly, you're tired of hearing about it. Dancing with Ghosts is the name of my band. Our music is really good. That's all you need to know. You can stream us on Spotify or anywhere you listen to music, YouTube, wherever. We are here for you. Thank you. Dancing with Ghosts is not responsible for any bad decisions you make after listening to our music, including but not limited to robbery, assault, excessive crying, binge eating, stabbing your former high school crush. Dancing with Ghosts is also not responsible for you having your first sexual awakening as a result of listening to our music. You can contact Dancing with Ghosts offices with any complaints by visiting our website, dancingwithghostsofficial.com. After the first part with the vampire family, 
Uh, then I think that's when they go in and talk about like the real life inspiration for vampires, some history. They have Which I thought that was talking. pretty. I thought that was pretty yeah. interesting because I didn't know a lot of that stuff. I knew a lot about it, like the whole thing where during the Black Plague, where people uh, were just so afraid of going near anyone who was unconscious, uh, they just assumed that they were all dead. So then they would just bury them uh, prematurely, and then if they did somehow get out of their coffin and shamble around, then they were considered to be the undead. They were considered to be the vampires. Um. And, of course, Vlad Tepish, Vlad the Impaler, they mentioned him a little bit, who was an inspiration for Dracula. They then talked about uh, Nosferatu, the 1922 silent film. They showed, actually, a pretty well-edited montage of different vampire films uh, from back in the day. Uh, They talked about John Carpenter's vampires a little bit. They referenced some film called Revenant, which I don't think even got released and didn't even get made because I don't remember anything about a, a vampire film called Revenant. When like, I don't even know what the hell that was. When they were showing the opening like title screen for the movie, like this upcoming movie Revenant, like the font, it looked like a computer generated. Yes, it looked like shit you'd see on Mist or something. Yeah, or, yeah, it looked like fucking... one like one of those like mid to late nineties like yeah. Big big box computer game that you would install in your in uh-huh. your Windows ninety five, and then the, the 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 title screen would pop up like that was like the same. I'm like, dude, that looks like shit. I know. <laughs> and uh, they talked about Bela Lugosi, who in a lot of ways is the main actor who portrayed a, a, a vampire on film that just influenced so many other vampire stories and. And films and television shows, dude. To me, Nosferatu will always be the scariest. Uh, like, yeah, even like the, the like they didn't really have like all the effects they have now. No. He just the long fingers, the long fingernails, uh-huh. and the bald head. And have the, you seen the 1979 version with Klaus Kinski? Because that that was pretty freaky. Klaus Kinski is is, is crazy. No. A legit, he was a legitimate crazy person. Oh, wow. So that made it even scarier. Uh, and I also remember a couple other things. Was mentioned, uh, speaking of Nosferatu, you, you can definitely see the inspiration for, uh, um, I, I think it was, I know the last name of the actor is Nader, but I don't remember his first name for some reason. I think it might be Philip, but I could be wrong. But the actor who played uh, the vampire in Salem's Lot, the the uh, miniseries by uh, Toby Hooper, like that was a very heavily inspired by Nosferatu, and then you've also got a Nosferatu film doc, not necessarily a documentary. It was a docu, kind of a docudrama because it's based on a true story. But then there's a lot of embellishment. Like, what if Max Schreck was actually a real vampire? I don't know if you've heard of this film. It's called Shadow of the Vampire. No, it's got Willem Dafoe who plays Max Schreck the actor who played Nosferatu in the 1922 film. So, yeah, that was fun seeing some vampire clips, having some people talk about vampire shows and movies. They had this one guy who runs uh, a vampire uh, shop that sells all these different vampire books and memorabilia and stuff called Dark Delicacies. 
Which honestly looked like it might be a fun, would have been a fun place to go to back during uh, the late 90s. Just take a peek inside Dark Delicacies. Um, this, there was like one other guy they interviewed, I think, earlier on in the documentary and a few other times. It was some expert or something. It was some historian. And he was wearing like a Daffy Duck tie. It was just one of those things where you're just like, I'm supposed to take this guy seriously. He's, he's a serious professor or something. Was that the same guy? Daffy Duck tie. Was that the same guy who said that pe- people who want to drink blood are uh, sociopathic? No, that was a different guy. Oh, okay. Thankfully, <laughs> but, but uh, it was just one of those things where he he's got science teacher vibes from mm-hmm. like elementary school with his Daffy Duck tie. Um. So yeah, I had the bit with the TV film vampires. And then they go into some like it's almost like a vampire fashion show. Well, yeah, they, they talk about the fashion this, of it, right? Yeah, they talk about the vampire fashion, and honestly, some of these vampire chicks were hot. Oh yeah, like, like really fucking sexy, if you ask me. I mean, they were definitely rocking that look. Oh yeah, dude. Go- I mean, goth chicks are fucking hot, in my opinion. I mean, like a I. Some of the dudes they showed, though, like, they were like, really, like, you're just doing this so you can get some pussy. Come on. (laughs) It's just desperation. Yeah, it probably works. Yeah. (laughs) Probably works. Probably did. Some of them, some of them pull it off better than others. Like, some people just don't have the face for it. Like, the the, the stockbroker guy, he's got this, like, round, pudgy face with this, like, five o'clock shadow and... You know, he well, just, at least he was still better than that other poor uh, sap. The the this uh, fat faced guy might as well be related to Mike Morris that they cut to like for like one brief frame where he was at the club. I think and I know you're. I think in. I know you're talking. Yeah, I know exactly yeah. who you're talking. About. I was like, oh god, <laughs> Jesus Christ, get away from that guy. Pan back to the fucking chick who could be a supermodel. <laughs> yeah that look is like i don't know i like i like uh i like it when women... and you could tell that some people took it seriously and some people put a lot of time and effort and care into their presentation and then there were other people that were interviewed or just like just slapped on some mascara and some cheap teeth and, that's how i felt about the stock know, called it a day so they showed this new york stock exchange guy and he's like i work for one of the most conservative stock exchanges by day but at night i you know become a vampire and 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 it looked like he just threw on some uh you know smeared his uh black eye shadow or eyeliner or whatever and it just looked like really poorly put together and um well i thought he looked better than some of the other people that are interviewed in in the special i mean there was some uh, there was like this young uh, i think it was like probably a teenager or something and like he he looked like he was just getting ready for some uh, last minute Halloween party or some shit, or he just slapped some fucking mascara on and just ran out the door. Um, but you know, of course, with the stockbroker guy, they got to make him look as foolish as possible. And so, yeah. <laughs> you, I don't know what questions they probably asked him like a shit ton of questions. But the question that made it onto the on air was, uh, "What do your parents think about this?" Uh, yeah, and he's like, "Oh, oh, they hate it." They, they absolutely hate it. I mean, they were fine with it when I was a teenager, but now I'm 33 and still doing it, and they think I need—they think I need to grow up. And it's like, you know, they probably asked the guy like a hundred questions, and, and you like, know they're kind of right, dude. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I I dress pretty 
like no i know there, but you know and it's just but not like, to that point no You're not, not going not around that, being like i'm a vampire i mean if i'm playing <laughs> you know, a sh- i'm just if i'm playing a show then i you know sometimes yeah. i'll i'll you know take it up a few notches in my attire but uh-huh. um yeah you know i mean I- i've uh, I'm just thinking about that film Vampire's Kiss with Nicolas Cage. I don't know if you've seen clips of it. That's the one where he does the alphabet in over-the-top Nicolas Cage fashion. And then there's that scene where he's just running around the city and he's just going, I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! What the fuck is wrong with that guy? Like, Well, he's actually going to be playing Dracula. Speaking of vampires, he's going to be playing Dracula in a new... Uh, uh, movie coming out i think sometime next year he's he's got this like he's from uh, it's like him and jeff goldblum are in like the same whatever you call that school of acting to where it's Mm -hmm. like it's like they're acting but at the same time there's always this like it's like are they are they do they know that they're being this way or is this just how they are like i think it's just how they are really i think a lot of it isn't even really acting and to be honest nick cage there are some moments where he can just be a normal guy like for instance the film leaving las vegas which he won an oscar for yeah i still need to see that one actually i've been i'll put that on my list right now actually i want to watch that one but uh yeah i'm pretty sure there's probably a few of these vampires that went to the vampire clubs that were just about as much of a vampire as Nick, nick cage was in that movie is there were some people that were interviewed or you saw footage of them like lining up to get into the club and they're not even wearing any makeup. They're not even doing anything. They're just wearing a t-shirt and, and, and shorts. <laughs> um, but yeah, there were a lot of people that were interviewed who were like really into the vampire stuff. Like there's this one guy who they were talking about, they were trying to hype him up. Like he's turning himself into a real vampire and then you're like, like what? What is he doing? Oh, he's he's getting tattoos, and he's oh, got oh yeah that guy bangs. yeah, and he's got this really gross uh uh fang uh, uh it's not goatee like what's the name of that fucking oh, thing the little tiny a, fucking thing yeah that, it's a labray piercing it's um yeah. it, it's the space under your lip it's uh above your chin but under your lip but i was that. thinking about what's the what's that thing uh you know with the beard like where they shave it to the point where it's just this one little strip i thought that was a i thought that was some kind of piercing or something it is but you could tell that it's kind of trying to it looked be like that a, kind it of thing like a tooth I know that's his... what I'm saying. It was fucking gross and weird. Yeah. Like, why would you have it be another tooth? Like, I just that—that's another one where they—they they did try to make the guy look kind of like like a fool too, because there's other interviews they have with that guy. Uh, but there's some other ones that actually make him seem like, oh, maybe he's a he's a good guy because he's talking about how wrong it is for people to be drinking blood and and stuff like that. I definitely didn't expect him to have an accent. Uh, you know, a, a southern drawl, that's for sure. <laughs> I felt like a few of these people had southern drawls. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> and then, of course, later on when the murders happen, uh, of, co- hey, yeah. of course, in fucking Florida, I'm like, please don't let it be Florida. Please don't let it be Florida. In Eustis, Florida, I'm like, God damn it. Why is it always Florida? What is wrong so, yeah. with this state that I live in? They, uh, 
do their vampire fashion show. They they have this fashion designer who's interviewed, and she's talking about all these different sort of looks that she thinks would probably be the best for. Uh, male or female vampires. If you're a male vampire, you're going to want to have a cape, and then you're going to want to have a long, billowy uh, coat with a black ascot and slim, uh, like, low-cut, or, like, slim-cut jean, black uh-huh. black pants. That, to me, is very vampire-esque for a male. For a female, you definitely want your neckline showing. Maybe wear a necklace to accentuate your neckline. Uh, definitely a corset and a, a capelet or something that you can remove. Yeah. Uh, you can leave it off or on. Uh-huh. And then that reminded me that um, that there's this this uh, store in uh, one of the malls here in Jacksonville. Uh, there's this place called Subculture, and they basically cater to that kind of dress. They they mm-hmm. sell corsets. They're really big mm-hmm. into those and. They sell like gothy clothes for women, and they sell some. Yeah. Some I've bought a few things there. Apparently, boughten is not a word, so I need to stop <laughs> saying it. I've bought bad habit. I've bought a f- a few items there. They do have a few things for men, but not as much. But um, mm-hmm. it it uh, it made me wonder because this store is kind of beloved by all the goths and jacks. It made me wonder, like, did this store like come out of? Was this store a product of that vampire? slash goth culture like popping off in the 90s you know i bet it was you know it's it, yeah and now it's kind of like this relic of this bygone uh time where like that was a lot more in vogue you know so yeah you have the guy who has the the fang piercing with the southern accent uh and the poofy shirts and then you have the this other, and he's I think that's the same guy who was interviewed and he was talking about like when I dress like this and I go out at night. People uh, don't mess with me. I know. I thought that was hilarious. I'm like, dude, it's like I can go anywhere. I'm like, no, you can't. No, that's that's called being a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what that is. That's why people don't mess with you because you're a white guy. You know. <laughs> no, but at the same time, if he he can't go anywhere dressed like that, and people wouldn't mess with him, he'd probably go to certain places in the United States, and he'd get his ass. Kicked. I mean, you you walk through Compton <laughs> dressed that way, people are gonna mess with you, bro. I'm sorry, I don't I don't care. Um, I don't care who you are. Um, but no, let, let me let me just clarify before anyone cries racist by uh, the last thing I said. Mm-hmm. If you're a white guy, uh, this is whenever people talk about like white privilege, like the white privilege that I've noticed for myself is that people treat me like I'm invisible. What I mean by that is I'm not like harassed, like hey sugar tits, where's your boyfriend? You know, like women get harassed, you know, mm-hmm. by men. And I'm also not, like, followed around in stores or harassed by, well, I have been harassed by police, but not to the extent of uh, people of color, as they say now. Um, So that's what I meant by, uh, Well, I I mean, with the followed around in stores thing, like, that, you know, that's not a a race-exclusive thing either. But uh, but I definitely do get where you're coming from. Um, uh, Racist! uh, (laughs) Both you... And Josh are racists. No, no, I mean it's just there, there's a difference in the community and stuff like that. And I, you know, I do think there's other parts of the of the country that might be mostly white it, it, that would probably uh, not react very kindly to that kind of shit. Um, so 
I just thought that was pretty funny that the guy was so safe and secure in his vampire life. Right. That he felt and like that's the whole point. You know, he found some. He was pro- untouchable. Probably from <laughs> like watching nobody him. would ever touch him or yeah. deal with him. Whether it's from watching movies as a kid or what, whatever the case was, that was the thing. That was the thing that he landed on. That was his like safety blanket, you know, like for me, it was like music, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. my whole thing, my, that gave me like security and purpose growing up. It was like, oh, I may be fat. I may be this, that, and the other, but at least I'm a, I'm a good musician and I could like, I'm better than most people. I'm better than everyone around me at, at something, you know, I, uh-huh. I had that to like, cling I'm on the to. best vampire in Jacksonville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a chick uh, who is like well known around Jax for being like this. She still kind of does the whole vamp thing, and uh, oh, okay, yeah, I'm 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 friends with her, and uh, she's a nice nice chick, very reclusive. Yeah, probably, I, 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 I guess I like think, a vampire would be. Yeah, uh, there was this one a guy who was interviewed who uh, he's taking a responsibility for all the 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 popping off in terms of the popularity of uh, the fangs and everything because it was his creation like he built the fangs and all these other fangs that are being sold or whatever based on his design so the guy was trying to act like he's like the father of modern vampires or some shit and he's interviewed and he's talking about once again, about how wrong it is to be drinking blood and so on. And of course, you have people who are interviewed uh, outside of the vampire community who are talking about how it could be sociopathic and how, because of the fact that it's the age of AIDS, that an HIV, that it's dangerous in that fashion. Which, which uh, I mean, I, I totally agree with yeah, that. I mean, I do too. Literally, like, the only way you can get hepatitis C from someone else is get, like getting their blood mm-hmm. on or in you somehow. Yeah. Or sec. I think sexual fluid might be another mm-hmm. way, but no, no, it's not an STD. It's not a sexually transmitted disease. Hepatitis C. Um, no, it's blood. It's a blood disease um, that affects the kidney. But yeah, there's the, yeah, that you should <laughs> like, and, and then, then later on they have this guy who is legit. Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a vampire. I'm from a family of vampires. We are, ge- yeah, we are guy, genetically the vampire. Su- we're genetically superior. Um, <laughs> you know, the reason why we drink blood is it does give us uh, our soul nourishment or some some shit like that. It yeah. invigorates us or you know some such bullshit. I mean, uh, you they know- hype that thing up so much. Like, we're gonna show you the the inner uh, workings and the inside of a secret vampire cult and they didn't show you shit no because they right, it's th- too shocking to it, show you <laughs> it was like a dude lighting some candles some <laughs> some red candles is like wow it was fucking around with a sword that that guy talking about like the drinking of blood that, that's like literally just as ridiculous as like QAnon supporters saying that yeah. the, the liberal elites are um sucking um the blood out of uh little children to get their adrenochrome uh-huh. which is this this uh substance that apparently only young children have that that will preserve your youthfulness uh-huh. and that's what liberal elites are doing and that's you know QAnon wants to stop them from, you know it's like that's literally the the vampire theory on steroids mm. i feel like so it's like if you follow QAnon just know that you and the vampire people are not that different so no just saying no so 
you have that guy and his kooky vampire cult. Um, and then we have a Spice Girls uh, Too Much Is Never yeah. Enough commercial. <laughs> <laughs> commercial break, everybody. The too Much Is Never Enough 2, yes. by the way. It's the sequel. And it's like, their special was so popular that we had to do another one. And then it cuts to like one of the Spice Girls. And dude, I had to type this down because she literally, and it's like real quick too. She's like, blah, 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 feminism. And then it like cuts to another. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, what? What was that? Uh, uh, like, uh, like what? What? Are you literally mocking feminism right now? Like, I don't. You know, like I was like that. That that man. We that was such a different time. Yes, I think. Um, I feel that, like that that advertisement though. That was definitely the moment where you're like, okay, soak it in. Like we are definitely uh, taking a trip back in time. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, Spice Girls. You know, much like the Jonas for like Brothers. that one year, right? For like one year, they, maybe they, two. They had a good like two, maybe three yeah. year run, but then they like broke yeah. up. They might have. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might have stayed around even longer. You know mm-hmm. what I liked about the Spice Girls, like what I appreciate more about them now as I go back as I, as, as I'm an older, you know, individual now, they did not look like, like kids. They looked like full grown women. You know, they had like, you know, a little bit of crow's feet. If you, if the, if the camera zoomed in a little too much, like they were not, um, because like when I did my, I did a YouTube video one time on kids bop and, um, how annoying and, ridiculous it was and how unnecessary it is and and i was actually reading an article and um one of the complaints that some editor guy had with kids bop was that it's um it over sexualizes kids and it and it's pushing the um the kind of the for kids to grow up faster and faster and Mm -hmm. start dressing more mature at a younger age and yes we are absolutely seeing that now with um like teen pop stars like especially women you know, they're trying to get them as young as possible to get them to dress as scantily clad as soon as possible. Ariana Grande is a good example of that. Um, yeah, but, it seemed like she left Nickelodeon and then bam. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, she's this sex com- pod. Completely manufactured career. But yeah. yeah, her songs are very overly sexualized. And, and you know, her audience is probably a bunch of uh, teenagers, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but the Spice Girls weren't like that at all. Like you, you saw them, and they, they, yeah, they were hot and they were sexy, but they looked like full-grown like women. Like I went back and watched one of their music videos, and it's like, yeah, they don't, they don't like, ha- they look like sophisticated adults that that are making pop songs, not like these young little kids who are doing all these ridiculous TikTok dances and shit. And and it just yet again made me miss the 90s that much more because just i don't know not to mention the ridiculous of course you have some people being like oh you're old (laughs) yeah but to be fair i don't think any of our listeners are like we might have a couple gen zers that listen to (laughs) us but i think for the most part it's it's millennials and up um but yeah like um you had that that vibe going on in the commercials, and then you had search. <laughs> remember that? Fu- I'm asking the audience this. So obviously, you can't answer. Remember that fucking soft drink surge? Um, I tried that. Uh, I think like a couple years ago because it made a brief comeback. Yeah, because I remember Burger King had like a, a freeze you could get that was made out of surge, and 
there was a local convenience store that had some surge and I got it and I thought it was awful. Like I, I don't, I didn't remember getting it that much when it was readily available. Uh, but maybe it was a bad batch or something, but I thought it was just terrible. It was like orange juice mixed with like what seemed like Mountain Dew. It was just disgusting. Like, I don't understand why that was, that was ever a thing. It was ever popular. Yeah, I'm, of these I, I, remember, I remember the big <laughs> deal about Surge when it came out. I mean, it was like this big um, advertising push. and I had never seen these ads before, though, until this special. And like, oh, my God, like what cringe and just what gold, to be honest. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> and, and like, I, I loved the just like, you know, so the Surge commercials, it was like, It'd be like this can of Surge and these, like, you know, teenagers who are having to hop over these couches for some reason. I would love to be in the pitch meeting for these stupid commercials. All right, so we're going to have a bunch of teenagers running over couches to see who can get to the bottle of Surge the quickest <laughs> because that's how desirable this is. This is extreme. Yeah, and so, yeah, so they're hot, and there's, like, this rock music, like, this hard rock yeah. music playing in the background. It's so over the top the, when it comes to this advertising campaign that you're thinking that this has got to be a joke. Like, this is a satire right, well, of, like, extreme culture yeah, at the time. But, but like, it's not. It wasn't because, you know, the music shaped the culture and you had, like, you know, all these hard rock bands and then you had, like, the rise of X Games with the skateboarding and... It just reminds me of those uh, bullies, those uh, douchebags in Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, uh, who were always talking about how extreme shit was. They were always being like, extreme! Like, dude, that was so extreme! Yeah. And I could just totally imagine them, like, being all into Surge, because it's the most extreme soda, bro! Like, it's extreme! To the most extreme! Well, you know, it's like anything else, like this... It's a scene that starts out like very small and authentic, and then it become then corporations get a hold of it and turn it into this uh, commodity that can be packaged and sold to a generation that has already been conditioned to accept that, and that's why we did accept it back then because it was like that was the ecosystem, that was the environment. There was nothing else going on. It was like that was all that was. I mean, even back then, I thought it was silly, but you know, it's I, I was yeah. like, well, it's over the top to get your attention, you know, and they and exactly, and it worked for that reason. But you know, yeah. nowadays it would be mocked. Did you ever air. try surge? Oh yeah, I had it a few times. Um, the biggest thing I heard growing up about it was that it had like double the caffeine of like a normal oh, soda. So it, that might be it. Yeah. So that was like the huge thing was like it gives yeah. you a buzz, you know, like so it was a, maybe it was, the, feel the rush or whatever. Right. It was it was like, oh, no. you know, because kids, you know, we're always looking for legal highs because we can't drink yet or do you know, smoke cigarettes. So we're always looking for like, oh, but, man, I need a buzz. Give yeah. me a surge, you know. And and I get that. But I, I just the. Uh, <laughs> Just the wood structure of these ads is just, just hilarious to me. Just the random guy who's just like surge, and then uh, yeah, it's like a battle cry, <laughs> and then all the people, yeah. all the kids rush to it like it's like the fucking thing in Indiana Jones that he snatches. <laughs> yeah, or or it's like the fucking milk crate challenge or some shit. Like what the fuck is this? Uh, then you have like the whole the next ad. They they got in trash cans or some shit or barrels, and then they rolled down a fucking hill. 
to get to the surge. I thought that kid sounded way more like a bitch when he said surge than the first guy. The first yeah. guy actually sounded like a little bit more menacing, but the sec- the second commercial, the guy was like, surge! <laughs> <laughs> like, he did not sound cool at all. And then, uh, like, uh, it, it was also one of those, uh, the commercial for degree deodorant. Yeah. And I remember these commercials, like, it was yesterday, like, the guy's like, you know, I'm a stunt man, and I, and uh, they asked me to switch my regular deodorant to degree ultra or whatever, and, uh, man, they set me on fire, and I was staying dry the whole time, you know, <laughs> degree, it's activated by sweat or whatever, or your, your body, it's activated by uh-huh. your body. But um, I remember seeing they they showed those commercials all the time. Then they had there were the PlayStation ones. I, I the, loved, the one for Jet Moto too. I liked a lot because that was really creative yeah, and funny. The, dude, the video game commercials were always good. Like the 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 video game, especially the ones in Europe that like really pushed uh-huh. the boundaries. Of course, fucking conservative ass America. We never saw them, but um, in Europe for like. Uh, they had some really bizarre ones for PlayStation and N- Nintendo back in uh-huh. the day. You can find them on YouTube, but um. Yeah, they so they have for, they're both for PlayStation. PlayStation, uh, like the first one again. I I got to drive that point home. The first PlayStation, like uh-huh. not the second one, not the third, fourth, fifth. And so they have the NFL Game Day 1998, and the the first thing that pops up on the screen is gameplay footage. And I'm sitting here going, okay, we got another PlayStation ad, and I'm like, God, this game looks like ass. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, just so polygonal, like, awful graphics. But that was state-of-the-art graphics back then. Right, and, like, they have these, like, they have this, like, well-known football player who's playing. Robert Smith, uh, he wasn't that well-known. Like, I don't, I didn't even, I don't even, I didn't even know who he was. Okay. Uh, until I saw the ad, I was like, huh? Robert what? So they just who? got, they got a guy they could afford then, who... Probably he was in the NFL. I, I I think he was maybe a big deal for a short amount of time uh, because he played for the Packers. So maybe he was on a championship team, and then he had some playing time and and had some spotlight. But I don't think he really ha- held a lot of records, and I don't think he had a huge career as far as I know. But they got these guys who are acting like they're these like analysts, you know, because they want yeah. they want a real football player to play the game and give them feedback. And the the first thing they ask him, right, as I'm thinking these graphics look like shit, they're like, how do the graphics look? And he's like, the graphics look great. I'm just like, it would have well, been. that's hindsight sight for you. It would have been funny if he was like, the graphics look like shit. What the fuck is this? I just look like a bunch of <laughs> polygonal blocks. But yeah, yeah, like. No, the big thing for him was uh, like, what, what the hell? Like, I'm not that slow. It was like, oh, well, the it says you lost a step. Yeah, I would have been embarrassed to like put that ad out on national TV with how bad those. But yeah, I mean, yeah, at the time, those that that would if you had a game that was in 3D, that was impressive Uh because, you know, that like the Super Nintendo was still selling a lot. um, And those were all 2D games. Yeah, the Nintendo 64 had probably been out for a year or two at that Mm -hmm. time. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, the, the just having a video game console in your house that played 3D games at all. Instead of having to go to the arcade, that was that was really something like back then. That ad was was okay, but I like the Jet Moto two one more. Yeah, because it was it was more clever and funny. Because the concept of Jet Moto two ad is that you have like the Jet Moto two driver who's driving, I think, a Mountain Dew uh, motorcycle, and uh, 
he's uh, talking to this grandmother who's playing Jet Moto 2. And he's like speaking to the camera and speaking to the, the grandmother that's playing and telling her to basically just get her shit together, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, he's like, hey, granny, put your foot on the gas here. I'm dying. And the granny's <laughs> like, no. And he's like, and turn off your blinker. And she like shakes her head, you know, because old people like to <laughs> leave their blinkers going, apparently. But uh, yeah, you had the PlayStation uh, advertisements. You had the Surge stuff. Um, I don't really know. Like, there was a Subway ad that I didn't even know was a sub was advertising Subway until the end of it. Like that happened a lot back then, where you'd be like, "Huh that that was an ad for a car, or you know that that was an ad for Subway." Well, you know they're they're trying <laughs> to like push themselves as like this like healthy company, and you know like they're 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 trying to promote their brand as like our customers uh lead healthy lives and they're you know then they eat at our restaurant and what was their uh their at the end slogan was subway the way a sandwich should be i almost want to like fucking <laughs> throw up when they said that it's like bro your sandwiches first of all your meat comes in prepackaged plastic oscar meyer packaging uh-huh. That you open up, the meat's pre-cut. I mean, you got to think that the shit was probably frozen on the truck getting there. Yeah, there's like literally, they are they are so far behind in their uh, how they do things because you know now you got places like Jersey Mike's that are starting to pop up everywhere. Where yes, they, they, Jersey Mike's is really good. Oh I yeah, like Jersey Mike's they literally cut they cut the meat right there in front of you, so you know it's fresh. Uh-huh. It tastes. I mean, Subway is like the worst sub place you could go to subway sucks the only thing that i like about subway is their i used to get subway a lot when i was working at the movie theater in oklahoma city because the subway was right there in the food court and it was a good fast thing to fill you up during your 30 minute break for lunch Oh, I because there, you know, other than Panda Express, which I got a few times too, but the the rest of the places over there were, were pretty shitty, to be honest. I mean, Subway was like the best option. Yeah, I used to get it all the time myself because there was no other places that were near my parents' house that made sub sub sandwiches except for Subway. And then we finally got a Larry's mm-hmm. Giant Subs, which is still better than subway Mm -hmm. i don't know if uh larry's giant subs has made its way out to where you live but no because it started in um i want to say it started in jacksonville so we have like we have a bunch of them here Uh but uh they're good so speaking of things that suck we get back to the vampires and the uh, vampire special real vampires exposed and it concludes with a bit of a blurb about this murder case uh, the the case uh, involving uh, the teenage vampire Rod Farrell. I remember when I first saw the little preview for this special that because they used to do this a lot where the special would start and then they would show like oh this is what you are going to see in this special and I, I remember when I first saw that like are they going to talk about the West Memphis 3 like what does that have to do with anything you know like at first I'm like what, yeah. what the fuck is Damien Eccles doing in this yeah uh, but no it's it's Rod Farrell uh, and 
this is a pretty crazy, brutal like uh, case where this teenager, Rod Farrell, uh, he went to Florida, yep, Eustis, Florida, for a, for a year, and uh, apparently was exposed to this vampire culture. He started playing these role-playing games, apparently, these vampire role-playing games, and he took it way too far and way too seriously. Moved back to Kentucky uh, because he was only staying in Florida for a year. Met up with some girl, uh, and then he started manipulating her and making her believe in this fantasy of... uh, vampires and real vampires and it got to the point where they decided uh, it actually wasn't just this one girl i think there was three other people that were with them it was like this vampire gang in kentucky and they decided oh in order for us to become real vampires and have real power we need to kill people and drink their blood because they're fucking nut jobs and sociopaths so they broke into some a couple's house and stabbed them, I think, multiple times and just killed them, drank their blood, fled. I think they were going to, they had some other ritual that they were uh, also doing or did before they were eventually caught. And this Rod Farrell guy is a piece of shit in multiple different ways. Uh, he's a murderer for one. But he's also one of those sociopaths that started torturing and killing animals before moving up to, to killing people. That's how it always starts. And uh, it's hard not to, to feel a serious gut punch when you have people are interviewed talking about him, how he murdered and tortured uh, puppies. It was like, dude, what the fuck? So yeah, this puppy killer then uh, graduates to killing people, and then he finally, eventually does get caught, and uh, yeah, they talked about him and that case. There's actually a documentary with a hilarious title, uh, it's like Kentucky, uh, yeah, the Kentucky Teenage Vampires. <laughs> it sounds like a shitty direct-to-video horror film, Kentucky Teenage Vampires. <laughs> From the makers of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> right after the crazy monster truck madness five. <laughs> like, you know, just again with the extreme extremeness of everything. So, yeah, the if- Kentucky Teenage Vampires. Um and that actually might be a case that uh could be uh ripe for uh a, a talking about on its own. Because there's a lot of stuff going on with the with the Rod Farrell case. It was they they only barely sunk their teeth into it with oh, uh, a little bit at the end of the special. You're killing me with all these puns, Mike. <laughs> God, I can't handle another pun. <laughs> but that's right in the spirit of this special. Come on, you yeah. know that, that's just that kind of corniness. Um. Really, the vibe of the special reminded me of Ripley's Believe It or Not with Dean Kane. Do you remember that? Yes. You remember that show? Well, yeah. Th- like, they all had that same, like, kind of 
vibe to them, I would say. Yes, the same editing style, too, with the flashy cuts, with the white flashes every now and then, and the different camera angles where you have people interviewed at an angle, like they're sideways. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, Emmett Miller, I think that's the guy. Like, he was a pretty lame host, to be honest. Uh, I even made a note of that guy. I was like, uh, I was like, I typed in, I said, I love how this do- this uh, little expose on vampires is hosted by a jock. Like, <laughs> it seems like some guy that's like gonna like bully you, like, if he sees you in the hallway dressed as a vampire. Yeah. Oh, shit. But, um, the special, you know, it wasn't the greatest thing ever, but it was fun to watch at least once. I like just how to, I like just how to have I, this time capsule of of the late '90s and this vampire culture. I mean, I could totally see you guys, uh, the your band, playing at a vampire club. Yeah, it could happen. Like um, you would, you would, you would do it, wouldn't you? Like yeah. if they booked you at a vampire club, would you? Would you fucking perform? right? I would. <laughs> I like how he uh, he en- they, he ends the show by going, as their numbers grow, you're going to be hearing a lot more about vampires. <laughs> Spoiler alert, that never happened. Nope. We heard less about them. And now we don't yeah, hear about them at all. Like a lot of fads, it just faded away, or it just moved into a different direction because you had the Twilight vampire craze for a little bit. Yeah, that was another thing. I'm like, man, well, that's, yeah, that is true now that I think about it because, like, there are, ta- like, there are examples of vampires in pop culture. Um, all they had to really go off of was some upcoming movies, the uh, John Carpenter film, and then the, the Bram Stoker stuff in the past. Yeah. And now I'm thinking to myself, geez, well, now they got, like, Twilight and, um, uh, that, that that that's vampires, right? Isn't there some other yeah. TV show? It's not The Walking Dead. I feel like there's some other show. Um, yeah, it's the their Southern. Um, oh, uh, oh fuck! Uh, True Blood. True Blood. That's vamp. Yeah. So like that. Yeah. I mean, they they really did. But that's an old show now too, because that that ended like a decade ago or a few years. Definitely a while while back. Like I don't know if it was a decade, but it's no. definitely been quite a bit wow. since that show ended. But, yeah, I mean, it seemed like people moved away from vampires for a bit and then moved to zombies. And now they're starting to move away from zombies now because The Walking Dead has, like, 50 fucking seasons and a and, uh, hundred different spinoffs. <laughs> um, but that's what happens when anything becomes popular uh, and, and becomes a, a big part of uh, pop culture. Uh, it, it was just It was just a enjoyable look into a part of pop culture at the time that was just so absurd and surreal. You have all these uh, folks who are going to these vampire clubs who really, in a lot of ways, some of them I think were more goth than vampire. Probably. Yeah, totally. Especially the chicks. Like there was one guy where you're like, well, he just looks like he's a big fan of the cure, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, that's why it's hard to um you know, like I, I to me, I feel like the goth and vampire scenes are are very much like kind of almost one in the same. 
Um, so it's, you know, there's probably different levels. Like there's different levels of golf and there's different levels of vampire. Cause you have the people who are just, they, they just like dressing like vampires. They like expressing themselves in that way with the fangs and so on. Um, then there's other people who legitimately are nut jobs that think they are vampires. <laughs> like that from, from a long lineage of vampires. All those other vampires are, are fakes, they're phonies. We're real vampires. It's like, no, you're not. You're just a fucking loser who hangs out in your basement with a bunch of other losers and does these ceremonies and shit. Come on, man. Listen to you, Mike. You are just as bad as the as the people producing this show who were mocking <laughs> these people. Now look at you. You're doing the same thing. I'm mocking that guy. Like the other people are going to vampire clubs and are just hanging out and just expressing themselves. That's fine. But that guy, that guy's, guy's a fucking loser. This would be like the like the show that my aunts, like one of my aunts would bring up at, at like our Christmas Eve family gathering. <laughs> like oh yeah, I saw this show on these vampire people and it's just weird and and I'm just like, uh-uh, I don't think so and all that. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here thinking like, yeah, that's like half my friends, but that's cool. Just totally like judge my <laughs> life, you know? I think you like hunting and killing animals <laughs> and fucking all the, your country ass shitty music. I think that's weird, but <laughs> I don't judge you even though I just totally did. You totally would have been a part of that culture if, if you were you know, shown a, well, I, a doorway into that, right? Wouldn't you, I was, wouldn't you have? I was still a kid during that time. I, uh-huh. you know, like, what, 90, mm-hmm. 97? I was like, what, nine years old? Yeah, too young. Yeah, I, I didn't become a teenager until the emo years of the mid 2000s. <laughs> That's when you I. You can definitely tell in this special, too, where the, the with the people who we interviewed, like where their vampire influences came from. Like, like a lot of them were like, okay, you saw an interview with the vampire, and you were like, ah, I'm going to be like Tom Cruise. <laughs> I'm going to be like Lestat. And there was probably like a ton of people at that after that film came out in that culture that were just dressing up like, like Lestat. And there, it probably got so bad to the point, just like it did with like when the Dark Knight was so big and everyone was dressing up like Heath Ledger's Joker, that they just... <laughs> there's just all these different people just dressed up like Lestat, and they're just like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah, not as bad as people dressing up like Harley or Harley Quinn, though. Yeah, they're too, they're, that too. And I get that. And here's the thing. I, you know, I know some people might think this is problematic, but I, I'm just going to be honest here. That's not a look that everyone can pull off. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you, you need to, your proportions need to kind of be right to pull that off. Like, you know, um, well, let me put it this way. If I saw someone trying to be a skinny John Belushi from Animal House, I would be like, wow, that's a shitty costume. You look nothing like John Belushi. He was a bigger guy. You know, you don't have the right body type for that. Uh-huh. If you get it what I'm... Uh, if you get- if you're skinny and you want to do, like, some John Belushi thing, then just cosplay is uh, one of the Blues Brothers, the Dan Aykroyd, if you're a skinny guy, you know? Or like I don't know, I'm trying to think of some other fat guy who played a certain Chris Farley. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of any. 
Oh yeah, if you're doing like Michael Foley or whatever his name is, uh, live in a river by the van, or van by the yeah. river or whatever, and yeah, live know. in a van down by the river. Like you have to be fat to play that character, you know. So kind of on the inverse of that, if you're cosplaying as Harley Quinn and you know you 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 little bit bigger there, just it doesn't doesn't quite look right. Is all I'm saying. It doesn't really doesn't really look quite right. That's all I'm saying. i don't know that's just become my i don't know what voice i don't know why i busted out i've been busted sounds like a character from fucking family guy it's like one step further and you're the creepy old guy from family guy with that voice (laughs) i use that voice when i'm trying to tread lightly on something i think uh, I've been uh, I've been using that just in my my regular life. Or it sounds like an SNL. It sounds like it almost sounds like Adam Sandler. That's what it reminds me of. It's almost it's very Adam Sandler esque. Yeah, that voice. Man, Adam Sandler really went down the shitter. I think he just stopped giving a fuck about. Yeah, he stopped giving a fuck. He just did films to go on vacation. Yeah, he's even said as much. <laughs> like, where do I want a vacation? If you want to see, if you see him. If you want to see him actually caring, watch the special he did, uh, where he did he sang some songs and uh, specifically the one where he sang about Chris Farley. Like, oh, wow. that was a that was really that was that was an instance of wow he still has a soul because that was a really great performance. I actually really liked Punch Drunk Love. That was a great movie. Yeah, he still gives a shit when it comes to serious acting. Man, Uncut Gems, uh, it was really good in that. But like Grown Ups or whatever it's called, it's like jeez. I, I I liked Grown Ups okay the first one because it seemed like he still was kind of giving a shit because he's having fun with his friends. The second one though is awful. I mean, it opens with a deer pissing in his face. Oh so. my god! Yeah, because that instantly equals hilarity. Yeah, I I. I, I've been watching a fair amount of comedies. Like I watched the Harold and Kumar trilogy recently, and I actually liked all three of them. The first one I really like. Yeah, the, the first one. one the first was, one to me is a class. Like that's a. Yeah, that's the first one's an absolute classic. It's great. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's a really great example of absurd, like random humor. Uh, Jamie Kennedy uh, in his cameo is just a laugh riot. It's like of all the like, why did you have to pick this bush, man? Like. <laughs> What, is this your bush? <laughs> is this your special bush? And he's like staring. He keeps doing these random <laughs> yeah. stares down at his like dick or whatever. And it's like, why? I, I yeah. But I mean, also like just the way he starts it, like he just goes, huh? <laughs> it's like, why did you have to pick this bush, man? There's all these other bushes. It's like, huh? Is this your bush? <laughs> Are you a king of forest? <laughs> I never knew that it was Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, it was Jamie Kennedy. Uh, I mean, and also with that movie, you just gotta love a good like, um, like advent, you know, adventure. Like, yeah, those two, and just it's a, it's an example of having the right cast. Like Cal Penn and John Cho are just amazing together. They have just great chemistry. I remember, I remember feeling like like Super Bad kind of had that like buddy yes. adventure. I still too. really like Super Bad. It, it, it's a film that did inspire a ton of spinoffs and it really typecasts a lot of those actors Poor mclovin man that dude's always gonna be mclovin he's never gonna escape that (laughs) um 
But yeah, I, I watched the trilogy. The second one, Escape from from uh, Guantanamo Bay, like it's okay, but I I, I didn't care for it. What as was the much. third one? Uh, it was a Christmas one, a very Harold and Kumar Christmas. That's and right. I'm, I remember the last time I saw it, I wasn't too big on it. But the most recent viewing, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was that was a lot of fun. Uh, and then because it was on the four pack that I had, I watched that movie Beer Fest. Like that sucked. Oh, I knew that was gonna suck. That was not good. It was almost two hours. Two hours. That's punishing. An hour of fifty three minutes long. This movie about these guys who decide to start a team of beer drinkers and guys who do beer related uh sports like quarters and shit and they go and decide to become a part of this secret underground beer fest competition or whatever and yeah there were some moments that made me laugh because of just how absurd and just random and stupid they were but that was like three or four times throughout the rest of the the entire movie because most of it was just like this is just dumb this is just so fucking dumb I would say in general, like, I've kind of fallen out of love with, like, comedy movies in general. Mm-hmm. Um, comedy in general, which sounds weird. Like, I don't... I think a lot of the comedies nowadays, because of the success of films like Superbad and The Hangover especially, they have just become spinoffs or different iterations of the same thing. So, oh, let's be like The Hangover, but with this twist... And they're also just trying to do just so much crass, cheap humor. Like, that's one of the big problems they have with a lot of modern comedy. It's just dick, fart, pussy, uh, uh, drug jokes. It's just, just repeated ad nauseum. And Pop culture references. Yes, that too. And then the other stuff is the Linorama bullshit, which that honestly is just as bad, if not even worse at times. What is that? Just Linorama is... Uh, improv where it's just out of control and they're just improving for what feels like forever. A prime example of that is a movie called Sisters with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Just constantly just going and just like shut up! Like This isn't even funny anymore. It wasn't even that funny to begin with and you're just beating this joke to death. Stop! (laughs) Kind of feel like that's how the pacing of Always Sunny in Philadelphia is. Even though I know a lot of people love that show. I I like that show. I just kind of feel like uh, the, the... I feel like the dialogue is um, is sped up like one and a half speed, like faster than yeah. How human it can beings. it can it can get a little uh, grating at times. That's why I don't watch like a ton of episodes like in a row. Um, but no, like what I'm talking about is just when somebody is just for example the the 2016 Ghostbusters has a joke where they're talking about the the cat. Somebody says the cat has been let out of the bag. Uh, well, how 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 about we? Well, how did the cat get let out of the bag? Is there a way to put the cat back in the bag? Uh, how about we do that? You know, to just keep going on and on and on and on and on about a cat in a bag. Jeez. Or there's a repeated gag about wontons in soup. Like there's not enough wontons in the soup, and it's like it's supposed to be the funniest shit ever. Where Melissa McCarthy is talking about. I'm like, this one doesn't have, like, where's the wonton? There's a, the wonton to soup ratio is like, just shut the fuck up. What are they trying to be like a cheap, like Larry David Seinfeld kind of rhythm? Cause like, I don't, I don't know. Cause I feel like really Larry David mastered that 
petty. Mm-hmm. Did you ever notice? And you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, like just mulling over this minutia, but making it funny. I feel like mm-hmm. uh, he kind of mastered it. And anybody else that tries to do it is just like doing. It, it's like clearly to me, like a- that's why to tie into the special a little bit, just very briefly, just a little tiny bit. Uh, watching vintage vintage commercials is actually more more satisfying than and funnier. Than some a lot of modern comedies. How do you feel about the remake of uh, the uh, that Family Vacation? Um, oh, Vacation! Yeah, with uh, Ed Helms. Mm-hmm. That one wasn't that great either. I remember when I first saw it, I, I thought it was okay because I liked the cast. I like Ed Helms. I I really like Christina Applegate. I think she's a v- very underrated, just really talented actress. Um, she did, I think, I think, is it called dead to me? I think that's what it might be called. She did a show on Netflix that I, that I thought was really good. And of course she was Kelly Bundy. You know, that's what a lot of people remember her from married with children, but she was fine in it. But a lot of it was just the gross out humor. Like, Oh my God, this, 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 uh, bathtub in this shitty hotel has, uh, a massive giant ball of pubic hair. Oh, uh, you know, oh, we're bathing in sewage. Uh, or this random joke about this car that they rented that has this key fob that does all these random fucking things and they, it's unpredictable and they don't know what it's doing. Or a GPS that's racist or some shit. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really not into like comedy anymore. Like, I don't. Like, I think there's some that you might appreciate if, if they're kind of in, in, in the right vein. Like they, they tap into your personal taste. Because I feel a lot. I feel very similar. Um, I did like the Twenty One Jump Street films. I, I thought those were pretty fun. Uh, mainly because the two leads just were really. Uh, good together, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum, and uh, I would say the one of the best comedies I've seen recently. Honestly, is a film called Palm. This film called Palm Springs with Andy Samberg. It's like a rom com, but mixed with like Groundhog Day and like some science fiction elements. And it, it's it's a fun comedy. It's not like laugh out loud funny, but it it it's it's got a good plot to it, and it's got a. Characters that you legitimately like watching on their journey, so I think that helps a lot. I think a lot of my favorite comedies deal with characters that I really like, and the comedy is there. But really, I just I, I find watching those characters to be the most satisfying thing. Like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle; just those two are so good together. I mean, they're so good together. They made the DVD money. The DVD money. The DVD menu, hilarious, because it, it, they did this special bit where the menu pops up and it's on this TV, and they're driving in the car, and they're all like, "Hey, you know, just go ahead and and select uh, one of the four options down below, and we'll take you there." And then it would just keep going, and Kumar would get frustrated when you didn't select an option huh. and Harold would, would be there trying to calm him down. You know, and Kumar would just be like, what, what, what's the fucking problem here? Like, just, just pick, pick one. 
There's like four. There's four options. Like, what are you doing? And then you'd have Harold who'd be like, well, just calm down. Then maybe they're out of the room. Maybe, maybe, you know, they're in the bathroom. And it would just keep going to the point where you would just be like, this is still going. And it, it was funny. James Rolfe, actually, James Rolfe did a you know what's bullshit uh, about yeah. DVD menus. Mm-hmm. I know. And that that video was not the best because there was a lot of stuff he was talking about. We were like, dude, like a lot of that, the reason why it's not ported over is because it's a it, it's one of those things where some of those menus, the way that they're structured, you can't just port it over to the DVD. But what's funny is Harold and Kumar, I mean, you can't just port it over from DVD to Blu-ray. But what's funny is Harold and Kumar, the Blu-ray ports over the DVD menu. <laughs> like they even mentioned DVD. Oh, wow. All right, I guess uh, we've hit the end of our, our, our well of talk. <laughs> We're discussing DVD menus now. I think we've uh, reached the bottom of uh, the podcast fodder to talk about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we we had to do something because we don't have any Josh Flower diaries, so I guess we're just doing chit-chat. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, Maybe I'll magically uh, uncover some more Josh Flower diaries, wink, wink. I'll just go and write them. I'll, I'll write them as though I was like 25 or 26 years old. Things that I probably would have said. No, I'm not. I know do commercials that. don't really tie into things that much, but that actually might be kind of fun to have like a random block of commercials. Oh, I used to like. <clears throat> I got my uh, parents' VHS tapes from when my dad was like went crazy with the VHS recorder in the '90s and just was constantly <laughs> recording everything because it was like free TV. I'm grabbing it and now I own it. You know, like that was like a big uh-huh. deal. You know, back in the day, and um, I would just go through and and watch these videos. Yeah. You know, at night with uh, you know whenever a friend uh-huh. would come over, and um, I loved watching the commercials. Yeah, there there are entire channels on youtube oh yeah just have like blocks of commercials oh yeah definitely yeah all right well that's the end of the episode if you want to contribute to our patreon you'll definitely be getting the podcast super fucking early uh this this week because i'm probably not going to drop it until i don't know maybe next week i don't know i might drop it monday who knows anyway patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries once again, that's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. Um, you can also leave uh, su- suggestions for future cases for us to discover there. If you want to join our Facebook group, it's a very vibrant, lush community of people who like mysteries. Um, you can go to Facebook, type in uncovering unexplained mysteries in the search bar, hit enter, go to groups, join, bam, bing, bang, boom, you're in. Um, finally, if you like more of me and Mike, but you want to separately, you can do that. We have YouTube channels where we put a lot of work into making more entertaining content for you for free. Uh, Mike's YouTube channel is youtube.com slash OCP communications. That's youtube.com slash OCP communications. He's a movie guy, obviously, from all the fucking movies he's named that he's seen uh, during this episode. <laughs> What was your last video on, Mike? Last video was uh, a review and a little bit of a rant on a film called The Clofish Killer. Came out in 2018. It's loosely inspired by the the BTK killer. 
uh, you have this guy who was a pillar of his community in a small town, and the truth is revealed that he's not who you think he is. But it's frustrating because it's one of those films that starts off really good, and then like in the middle, it takes a detour and goes off the deep end and makes some really questionable decisions when it comes to the storytelling. And it's like, what if the BTK killer never got caught? Uh, Dennis Rader just uh, was found dead in the woods somewhere, and uh, no one ever really figured out who the killer really was, and the whole town and a lot of the country still lived in fear of this guy. There's no catharsis. There's no justice. Like, what if that happened? Like, that's the Klovich killer. Hmm. There's no justice at all. Weird cliffhanger. Like he he, he gets killed. Uh, his it, you know spoilers. His uh, his son kills him. Makes it look like an accident. But the community, the small town, doesn't know the truth because the son's a selfish asshole. Wow! In, the, in this movie. Well, that's that movie. If you want to see Mike talk about that, go over to his channel. I also talked about Ghostbusters 1 and 2, two films that are really mean a lot to me that I grew up watching on VHS. Speaking of stuff, recording tapes, that's what my mom did a little bit. Uh, we had, like, free HBO. Oh, yeah. The free preview and, weekends. Yeah, and actually, they fucked up our cable company, and we had, like, free HBO for, like, way longer than we should have. So, like, in order to, like, take advantage of that, like, we never knew, like, oh, they're going to turn it off anytime now. And then, like, a month would go by. It's like, why do we still have HBO? <laughs> like, fuck it. Just start recording shit. And, and, and so mom recorded uh, Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters 2 was on Encore because that used, I think that still was a thing. Um And, yeah, th- like, back in the day, it was a big deal that there were multiple cable movie channels like it wasn't just hbo you had cinemax you had encore stars you know now that i'm thinking about it um my dad illegally acquired a cable descrambler back (laughs) in the day holy shit and he only used it a few times and we had we could get all those channels because it because you know what happened what basically what happened was Everybody had HBO and Cinemax, but the the cable the, the channel was scrambled. It was all staticky, and the picture uh, yeah, the yeah, picture yeah. was distorted, and you could kind of hear the sound a little bit. So, like, you could, you know, if you just wanted to hear the audio of the movie, you could kind of hear that, but it was scratchy and shit. And when you subscribe to the channel, they just descrambled it, and mm-hmm. it came in clear. Well, my dad had a black market descrambler that he. I don't know where he put it or how it worked, but um, I guess they they were too paranoid that they were going to get caught, so they they didn't use it that much. But yeah, I, I forgot <laughs> all about that until just now. Because can you imagine like going to that length to to get to watch stuff nowadays? I, like I, I think some people don't really understand or appreciate like how special it is to just have all this stuff ac- accessible with Netflix and all this other shit or YouTube or whatever and just bam, it's right there or even just even with piracy. Like piracy back in the day was super inconvenient. 
Like nowadays, it's like boom, yeah. <laughs> press download. You know, like it, it's it's a it's a crazy contrast. Yeah, very for sure. Uh, it's it's all too convenient now. I think because you could see you could you could totally see a lot of people nowadays who just be like, "Fuck that! That's too much work. I'm not doing that shit." And like, use a fucking Netflix discrambler or some shit. Well, I mean, I, I guess the closest <laughs> I get the closest approximation that to that nowadays would be like getting a VPN, changing your country yeah. of origin just so you can watch yeah. a movie that's not unavailable. But I mean, at that point, I just fucking pirate it, you know, I, or I just fucking buy the movie if I like it. Well, enough. you like, you would buy that. it. I I wouldn't buy yeah. it. I don't, dude. I'm I'm so done with collecting shit. Like I. I almost am like phobic of collecting things now. Like, but your CDs though, like your yeah, your... the CDs those aren't going anywhere because a, I know I'm not going to get anything for them, and b, like most of them have a lot of sentimental value, and they really don't take up that much yeah. space. I um, mean, I feel you. Uh, I'm starting to run out of space, so I, I'm I I have been getting rid of like I got rid of a fair amount of VHS recently. I'm going to get rid rid of some more. My plan is like, oh, if it's a film that's not too rare, hard to find, or desirable, you know, that something that I could maybe get some money out of from, I'm just gonna get rid of it. I'll just find the VHS rip or whatever, or some some of the uh, links I found on YouTube are 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 honestly in better quality. It's like an HD version, right, of this directed video movie I have on VHS, just taking up space. Speaking, so, speaking of taking up space, I mean, that's how all my games were. Like, I had all these yeah. fucking video games in what's now my office. Um, and uh, I just, I never played them. They just sat there on mm-hmm. the shelf. Every now and then I'd grab, like, a, a choice cut that I really enjoyed, and I would play that. And that and that was it. And it was just like, I, I had games that I knew I was never going to play. I knew I was never going to have, like, a a game night and invite everyone over and play. I knew I wasn't going to do that. I just, so it's like, why, you know, let me try selling some mm-hmm. of these and see how I feel. And I did. And I was like, do I asked myself, I was like, are you, do you still think about that game? And I'm like, absolutely fucking not. And it's like, all right, well let's start moving them out. And that's what I did. And I made a nice little, that's ch- why you got, that's why you got a room for your own uh, special recording. Yeah, and I mean, it's like Palace, so to speak. I always have this looming over my head that one one of these days I'm going to have to move again, probably. You know, I mean, I don't mm-hmm. own this house, you know, so mm-hmm. it's like one of these days I'm going to have to move, and like I really, I don't know where I'm going to put all this shit because like I don't know if my mom's house is going to be an option, you know. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm trying to get rid of all the extra shit as much as possible and only keep like the essential stuff. Um, so that ties into Josh's channel, uh, dancing with ghosts yes, on you, uh, YouTube. He did a video about uh, downsizing his video game collection. And uh, I think you also split off your music into a separate YouTube channel recently, didn't you? Yeah, there's a separate music channel. It's which I find interesting because like we just talked about that. I think on like the last podcast, a lot of people had been telling me to do it for a while, yeah. and I was just like, "Well, fine, you know, you can okay. you can get you can still get the music on my." But I think the thing that really like pushed it over the edge was when this guy that I was working with that helped us shoot our last music video. He was uh-huh. like, he's like, yeah, I love the music, dude, but I, I don't know who this Justin guy is from uh, Rex Viper, but I really, don't, I really don't care, you know. And I'm like, 
Okay, yeah. okay, fair enough. I need to make yeah. a fucking music only channel and send that link to people. But you know that bullshit where you have to hit like 500 subscribers before you can make a custom URL uh-huh. for your channel. Well, I think we're at like 45 subscribers on that channel, so yeah, we're going to we're going to need a couple hundred more subscribers before <laughs> I can even, you know, cuz right now it's youtubecom slash capital a e 12 w o 0 you know i mean like one of those random yeah it doesn't have a custom url name so it's it's uh more or less something that i can just send a link to if people are like oh what's your you know i, I want to see your band's music videos i can just send them that link rather than sending them the link to my main channel because then yeah you are going to get a bunch of shit that that has nothing to do with my music but yeah, once again, youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. Uh, you can see it, find our mu- my music there. And I also do a bunch of videos on other things. Uh, uh, as I said in the podcast last week, I haven't gotten around to making a new video. So the latest video I did is uh, a review of Limp Bizkit's new album, Limp Bizkit Still Sucks. Uh, that's what they chose to name it. And um, yeah, uh, like I said um, last week, I it's a great Limp Bizkit album, but I'm just kind of over that music that that new metal uh-huh. sound i'm just i've gotten kind of bored with it so i you know it, it's good but it's it's not something i'm gonna listen to again you know but anyway uh-huh. that is the podcast till next time whenever the fuck me and mike get together again um yeah have a good rest of your night bye see ya